So what part of those two uh, realms of your life as a young adult shaped you? Like those are the influences, but how do you think each of those shaped you? Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi, Mom. Hi. Let's talk about the influences that shaped each of us and the way that that changes the way we interact with each other. All right. That sounds good. Shaping influences. So... Yeah, shaping influences almost sounds redundant now that I think about it. It's things that shape you and influence you. I think it is influencing you. It's going to shape you. (laughs) Yes. So you probably could say down the influences. You could be influenced by something, but not entirely shaped by it. Could you? I think that's the point of being shaped is that something has influenced you. Uh, Otherwise, it wouldn't be an influence. It would just be a a experience. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, but we're getting into the minutia. This is the phrase that I have used and was taught in a parenting class that I was taught. We were taught about shaping influences. So, okay. So bring us to the heart of the issue. I thought about starting with the culture around us that we were raised in and then more specifically parenting styles, some specific things, a little bit more specific to parenting things. So just thinking about the culture that I was raised in, I was raised in the Midwest. I was raised in a suburb of a city, went to a public high school. So, and it was about mid-size, it was 400 students per grade, approximately four grades. And, and we had all the sports and the cheerleaders things and all all of that kind of stuff and so and the music that was around me was just the typical pop culture music of the day and then I was involved in my church group and I got more involved in high school it started in basically ninth grade a youth group and I started listening to some Christian artists more and then the music that I chose to listen to I would say in college was more Christian artists music what was your shaping influence so we can list out my as well. But I want to touch on the goal of listing these back and forth. This is probably an interesting exercise that many mom and daughters could do to name the differences in the way that they Mm -hmm. grew up. Obviously, the the way that I grew up is very much shaped by the way you chose to, you know, do with me, which must have been shaped by the way that you were shaped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So before I list those things out, will you help me with just the goal of this exercise? What are we trying to discover within each other? It is valuable to recognize that our shaping influences were different and uh, then than we have you you have different ones than I had and kind of a different lens that I'm looking at the world through now and yours I feel like I can't I guess I can't speak to my parents but I feel like the lens through which you look at the world right now is quite different from mine because of the advent of the digital phone and all the social media that has attached to that yeah we talk a lot about our in, in our conversations about giving you know finding ways to give grace to each other based on you know looking at something from the, someone else's perspective. So maybe that's what this exercise is for, is just sort of like a a different window into the other person's perspective so that when things feel frustrating or you're like baffling, you can have a little more grace for each other. Does that ring true? 
Yeah, yeah. Per- perspective taking. I think that's a good goal. Okay. All right. So per- perspective taking. I have to just imagine the perspective that you must have grown up with through high school and the beginning of college, because from what it sounds like, you went to a very big public school with like a, a lot of school spirit and a deep connection with the like community in the team when it comes to like football games and cheerleading and the whole nine yards mm-hmm. in that way. I don't really know what that's like because I went to a small school. You had 400 people per class. I had 700 people for all four grades. So a much smaller school, pretty academic. And I decided to jump into theater 100%. But theater included dance team for our little football team. Not not so, oh, the whole town comes to the football games scenario. But there was still a lot of camaraderie in that. I really liked that athleticism. And we, I did not jump into youth group in the same way in high school. I didn't find that I really liked the youth group that we went to with the church that we went to. I felt like a lot more of it was like wishy-washy playing funny games at the beginning and singing some songs than it was about the Bible. And I was into like kind of like deep nerdy study. So I really enjoyed like the Bible classes at in high school, which a lot of other people felt were boring because it was the history of the Bible and the context and deep study of Greek words, which are the things that I love and that I feel like is more applicable to my life because it gets to the heart of the issues therein. So I didn't have that kind of community for a youth group, but I did have a really deep and thoughtful community within my theater group at school. There were two or three girls and I that really became close. And then, of course, the the larger camaraderie of rehearsal every day and getting your homework done and and working as a team and saying yes and was really shaping to me in the way that I work with people and what I see in the world. Then uh, we both went to college and we had pretty different college experiences, too, I'd say. Yeah, I I started out at the University of Minnesota. So the largest at the time, it was the largest university in the country. And I got involved in the Greek system. I lived in a dorm. I was my one of my favorite things was the ballroom dance club that I participated in. I wish I had a ballroom dance club. And I had a college group there and there was some people from the college group that also went to my university that my church college group that we would meet every week for lunch at a little eatery place. So that was my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I studied abroad for a semester, which was awesome in the fall. And meanwhile, my folks moved to California. And so my world changed. It was ironic. I always say that I wanted to go to school the farthest away from my parents. And I ended up going to school in their backyard. (laughs) And then they moved. And when I had a chance to go back to Minnesota, I thought, oh, I don't think I'll like to live there anymore because I won't have any family. So my values and perspective were like morphing and changing as I went. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty similar actually like inner comfortability value. It just was different than what you were saying out loud because mm. it's both times you followed your family. So the deep value actually was still, I want to stay close to my parents a little longer, but something in you, you know, said the opposite. Yeah, I don't know. Was that just like the the, the hype of, of the friends around you? Did you like not feel like you could admit that you wanted to stay close to home? Here's the shaping influence that is different. Very different. I wanted to go to school for musical theater and you wanted to go to school for musical theater. My parents said, why don't you do that as an application? And we said, "Okay." Yeah, that is, I think, like the number one difference in the way that you like approached my education. And I mean, I I can't even imagine my life without you of saying yes to that. So I consistently am thankful and in awe of that kind of, you know, courageous and also like open handed decision on your part to trust me in 
in a field that doesn't make sense on paper. And I know that there is like a lot more history for that that for you than there would be for any other parent making that decision as well, because you asked the same question and were given a very different answer. Yeah, I was looking at Oklahoma City University, which, as you know, from your study was number one in the country for musical theater. Yeah. Kelly O'Hara, Kristen Chenoweth, big stars come out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of sent me into an identity crisis. So my shaping influences were like, I don't know what I want to do. This sounds good. I'll do this next. So I studied abroad and that was really fun. And then I wanted, I thought, well, I'll just transfer to the big UC schools in California. And what I learned is that you couldn't transfer until you were a junior. So I needed a semester more of classes. And so rather than just going to like a community college, which I could have, but we were unfamiliar with the whole system in California and how that worked. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go to a Christian college here and get a nice community of friends. That'll be nice. And then... I'll transfer after that. But then that was another identity crisis because um, I, it took me a lot longer to make friends and it was a lot more difficult than I expected. And I almost mm. left. I went back to Minnesota in the summer and I really contemplated going back to Minnesota, but I decided to stay in California. But it wasn't easy. And then I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So that was like, but in the middle of that, my I would say my shaping influences were starting to listen to more worship kind of music. I was involved in a local church and just as a point of service, I got involved in the youth group, just serving. So those were the kinds of things that I spent my time doing outside of school. Well, while I was in school, I didn't really have a long range vision. I did kind of have a second long range vision and that got not really supported by my parents either. (laughs) So yeah, I was kind of cast about in college. And then eventually I was just like, okay, I have enough credits in English. I'll be an English major. Right. Yeah. So far we've said shaping influences a lot. I think when we mean events, because what I'm hearing from you is that you had sort of these like two parallel portions of your life, college, which was a little bit disorienting and full of questions and maybe maybe like frustratingly misdirected or like not misdirected, but redirected kind of often depending on what your parents thought. Mm -hmm. And then you would have needed somewhere to feel grounded. Mm -hmm. So and so and that became a church community that you found in California. Yeah. I went to a few different ones. Yeah. Yeah. So what part of those two uh, realms of your life as a young adult shaped you? Like those are the influences. But how do you think each of those shaped you? Oh, well, the, mu- the what I filled my head with was like worship music because we didn't have as easy access to media. So when I was in college, I didn't have shows that I watched every week. Later, I learned, you know, that every week people watched Seinfeld and things like that or Friends was out at the end of my college career. So those didn't shape me because I wasn't as much of a TV person. So I was like a little bit more of a service person. I started serving at the Los Angeles Mission and doing things like that. And I went on a few different study abroad trips. So those kinds of things, like what what I filled my spare time with was like those kinds of things. So it sounds like in the midst of a whole bunch of uh, identity crisis in the places where you were told to stay and study, Mm -hmm. you found, you know, you found solace in things that shaped you toward a love of travel 
and a love of community and a love of serving people. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that's a good perspective. And then as I went further in college, my senior year, I became an RA. So that was service on campus. First, it was service off campus and then it was service on campus. And community. Service and community definitely was a really high value and something I enjoyed. Yeah, I love hearing that story from the beginning because that's how you raised us as well. You service opportunities for us as a family all through growing up. It's interesting to come back to kind of the root of that. Yeah. So how would you say your experience went? Let's see. So I feel like I almost did the opposite where I was like, I want to do musical theater. And you said, okay, sure. And through like plenty of money at me and coaching and those kinds of things to figure it out. And then I said, actually, maybe not (laughs) for a little while. So I went to school for theater education and I went to a small Christian school right away where I found friends and a community I love right away. So I was able to sort of settle my feet there immediately. But I also found maybe like two realms of who I am with both within the school because I sort of had two different friend groups. I had my um, roommate who I call like absolute kindred spirits and who I still talk to, you know, every once in a while Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And I had my theater friends who shaped me quite a bit because I spent the most time with them, for sure. (laughs) But they didn't really mix. And so the portion of me that is more introverted and loves like literature and, and, you know, quieter community oriented, family oriented values were were validated and excited by my roommates. Mm -hmm. And then my my theater friends taught me quick wit and they taught me to, to think hard about what I believe and how I portray myself or the story that I'm trying to portray through theater. They like helped me to keep my my academic prowess high. We listened to a lot of John Mulaney. I learned how to be sarcastic in college. (laughs) I thought a lot about, I I thought a little bit more about politics because I never thought about politics growing up. Hmm. So they brought that a little bit into my life. Definitely about social justice, what it means to like work for equality in the, the nation, culturally, as well as through politics. Those are the kinds of things that we spent our time doing as a theater community. Hmm. Yeah, pretty different energy levels between those two groups of friends. And, you know, we kind of ebbed and flowed through those relationships. But I would say that those are the ways that each of those friend groups shaped me. And it's I I would say it's probably more about time I spent with those friends than is the event we were doing Mm -hmm. per se. You know, I mean, I, I was definitely shaped a lot by the education that I involved myself in, you know, like me teaching every grade level. Within my four years from pre-K all the way up through seniors in high school was eye-opening for the way that I, my personality works and how I can be authoritative and when to be kind and when to have a firm hand towards students of different ages. All those things I think were really shaping in my understanding of myself as a leader. So yeah, I, I wonder if I could place a few attributes the way you did because we pre- pretty much got to you being shaped toward travel and community and service as your places of of like solace or grounding when other parts of your life were full of crisis. Well, and I would say worship. So if we were going to, if I had to answer the same question, like what was I shaped toward? I would say I I was shaped toward research, Mm. academia in both places because one of my friend groups was like full of literature 
And the other was full of, you know, everything from like theater fun facts to political activism. Mm -hmm. And it's just true of my personality that when I a comfort spot for me is to be learning that became I was shaped toward that value for sure. The value of knowledge and continuing to gain knowledge. I think you and I have that in common because I definitely like learning. Oh, you definitely like learning. And I think that's one thing that kept me afloat when I didn't have something that I loved. I was like, kind of like, well, I'll learn this for a while because I like learning. (laughs) So whatever it was, I was just like, okay, this is what I'll learn. So when I started at the college a year and a half late, I had a lot of Bible classes to catch up on because I have basically everybody that comes from that college gets a minor in Bible. Yeah. So I was like taking many Bible classes every semester, but I was like, okay, I'm learning this. And I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I think I also learned to take time for myself in college based on the ways that my friends would take time for themselves in both in both friend groups. So there was open dialogue among the friends about calling someone else out when they weren't their best selves and saying, like, what do we what do we need to do to help you recoup a little bit? And often I work I'm friends with a lot of other introverts. So often it would be like, well, I just got to I got to go journal for a while or or something like that. Hmm. Um, I learned to love board games. and co- I, mean, I didn't learn to love board games. I already did. But we played a lot of board, board games in college. It's sort of interesting because it's kind of hard actually for me to remember what college like to go all the way back to college because the last three years have felt like a second college as far as like the amount of growth that happened in my life. And that those were that was like very different and less insular, mm. a little bit more individualistic for me, just like jumping up and moving to New York. Mm-hmm. So I've been shaped by a lot of things there, too. But there I would say kind of equally I, I've been shaped by the people around me. I've been shaped by the thoughtfulness and the intentionality of the friends that I have I was roommates with and that I met at church who were friends that pursued me and taught me like the importance of of taking time for each other because it isn't created for you anymore when you're an adult. You mm-hmm. don't just get put in class. You have to choose to say we're zooming at this time or we're coffee taking coffee at this time. My roommate my first roommate in New York just sent me a picture the other day and it was of the coffee shop that we used to get coffee at every Wednesday before we were roommates. And we would get a coffee and play Bananagrams for like 40 minutes in between our crazy lives. Hmm. And she absolutely was the pursuer there. And I could not have done New York without her friendship. And then the other half of that is the tenacity and the grit of my Trader Joe's co-workers hmm. uh, just like show up to work every day you don't have to be happy about it you don't have to pretend you're happy about it but you show up to work because that's what it takes to survive and you work hard and then you play hard and both are true and you find places for vulnerability in the middle of four hours of stocking shelves at the end of the night and that's who you find in friendship mm. you didn't even talk about your first roommate <laughs> no my first roommates did not shape me no no well, that was a lot of in- independence that first four months. Isolation, would you call it? Yeah. My first four months taught me who I needed and how much I needed people. My second month in New York, I punctured my hand and got five stitches and couldn't go to work. Didn't have any friends. And it was awful. <laughs> and I watched so much television to numb everything and it wasn't good. Mm. And I learned, you can go all the way back to our episodes uh, from that time, like growth mindset and um, the first Thanksgiving episode are so eye-opening about, I just had to really learn the hard way that being an introvert doesn't mean that you don't need people. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. My my difference the last the first three years after college is that I I was out of college a year and a half before I got married. And then I got married. So then my whole life changed. Um, And then as soon as I graduated from college, I started dating your dad seriously. So that was like my focus of attention was there. I was working at um in as an intern at a restaurant corporation in marketing. And then that marketing director left and I took his position. And then I, I, that's when I started working at the learning center, which is what got me started into what I still do now, working with people with learning difficulties. That was also, yeah, phase two of the twenties experience. So we've talked through now all of our, or many of the pillars of, of what shaped us through young adulthood. Mm -hmm. I think for me that it's always, it's helpful reminder and it gives me a good perspective on your reference point for the way that mm-hmm. you interacted with me based on the way that your parents interacted with you. And of course, the like biggest pillar gift of that, that you chose not to steer me away from musical theater, which plunged you into some like deep and long identity crisis that you had to really grapple with and, and, and come to peace with in some other ways. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that I had to do. I had plenty of other things to discover about myself, but it's really, it's always a good reminder to not take that for granted, that that's the, that your like reference point for college was quite a bit of instability and like, who am I? At least in like what I wanted to do and who I could call myself like as an actor, Mm -hmm. that you, you gave me the gift of certainty there by saying yes to what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of did the traditional things that were in front of me at the time, like it was a sorority. The Greek system was in front of me at the University of Minnesota and my mom was in it. So I was kind of following in her footsteps. My dad hadn't, wasn't, but my mom was involved in the Greek system and she really enjoyed her experience. Yeah. As far as like whose opinion mattered, definitely my parents' opinions mattered a lot in the decisions that I made. Well, and your opinion mattered so much in the decisions I made too. It's just that you 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 chose an opinion that aligned a lot closer to what I wanted, which is why I didn't go through the same kind of questions that you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else does it bring up for you as you reflect on the way that we've listed our the differences in our shape shaping influences? Well, I was also thinking about like how was communication handled in my experience versus how was communication handled in your experience? And I think it's across the culture in the United States, progressively more involved parents over the last three or four generations where my grandparents, the grandpa was not too involved in in his child's life. Like my mom and dad's dad, I don't think they were super involved in the everydayness of their life, but right. they didn't have, this is where, I mean, you didn't say anything about social media or the cell phone <laughs> in your life, but that's be, that's because you, it came into your life when you were 13 and it hasn't gone away. Yeah. I'm not quite the I generation, but like, I remember the first, when, when phones, cell phones arrive, but it's been in my life a long, long time. So I don't mention it because I don't, I don't know life without it, which means it also isn't like the pillar of what is important to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So for like my parents' generation, they went home and had dinner every night. We had breakfast every morning because we never had dinner as a family because that wasn't the value we had. We had meals the same way. 
But just as far as like the deep communication, like communicating what was had, how conflict was handled or how mistakes were handled and things like that. I think they were uh, like a little less conversation around them and then just like go fix it and move on kind of thing. There was a lot more quiet and that I think it's a Midwestern from what I, having lived on the coast, what I experienced in the Midwest is a lot less and, and the generation of a lot less Let's work it out and talk about it. So I think your experience with regard to communication and conflicts and transparency and mistakes was a little bit different. Absolutely different. There's something about, I think, it, my my perception is that in past generations, like above your generation, part of respect or honoring your parents was never disagreeing with them. Mm. And so you just didn't say things they wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. You and dad worked really hard to disagree out loud with each other, which gave me and my sisters a really good example for the way to disagree while honoring someone. And that both can be true. And so that is definitely different than previous generations and is something that I do hold as a high value that we've had to work through. It's not always easy. It's often messy and painful. But the the truth that you can honor someone while disagreeing with them is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is much more true for the way that we communicate. Yeah, hear their point of view, which uh, it could have been true on the coasts. I wasn't really raised on the coast, so... <laughs> it's something that I... Yeah, it's probably both generational and cultural, but at least in our family, that is true of the different generations. Mm-hmm. This is a good exercise, Mom. I I suggest that listeners do it as well. You know, maybe maybe it's less about, you know, walking up to your mom and saying, let's compare if that feels like a lot of pressure, but even just like bringing up a conversation or asking a question about your experience when you were... 23 or 25 Mm -hmm. it is it's a really helpful reminder for how to give each other grace Mm -hmm. and and it's a good it's a good way to learn what each other cares about and where what the point of reference is yeah yeah i like the point of reference to be reminded of what your point of reference is super valuable yeah it's good that's a good addition to our tool belt of communication (laughs) point of reference yeah starting point. Thanks for bringing it up this week, Mom. All right. Good talking to you, Ingrid. Have a good week. We'll keep communicating next (laughs) week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.